Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to episode 137 of 4th and John. I am Gail Saunders, a.k.a. Eagle Sessions, here with Evan Hollywood Hearn. I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's a real tough one to uh, get over. Usually, I'm prepared to take L's in a football season. I know they, they're coming down the pipe. But when you are served a L in the first game of the season to one of your rival opponents in the division, a football team that has, they do have a right, but they don't have a right to beat you on opening day after we've been waiting this long through a pandemic to see Eagles football. And the game started out beautifully, folks. Beautifully. To the point you're saying, you know what, this Eagles team, they're about to show us, they're, they're about to show the world what they got. Carson Wentz is about to show the world who he is, the elite MVP type. Carson Wentz is about to show his face to NFL world. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it went from the highs to the lows. And to quote our Philadelphia Eagles quarterback himself, I've got to be better. I know that. Now I can accept rookies playing bad in their first game, knowing that they're going up an all-world defensive line, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. Breathing down their necks. I can accept wide receivers being out of place. I can accept some game day jitters after not playing preseason. But when you show out that you can put up 17 points earlier in the game and just basically shit the bed when the game matters, I'm looking for the the veterans in the room. I'm looking for the leaders in the room. I'm looking at guys that I expect to command this football team. I look at Doug Peterson, the head coach. I look at Carson Wentz because there are two individuals who their performance, I, I really felt, I thought Carson Wentz, his, his interceptions, his fumbling, I feel like his ability to put the ball where it ne- needed to be. I, I felt like he was sailing balls high. I thought the ball placement was, was off. I thought his confidence level wasn't, there after uh, they started losing, I felt Doug Peterson's game calling was stale. I mean, these two guys are the guys that are going to write the ship if we're going to get better down the season. Thinking about a football team that we just faced, now have to play the Rams, but probably 50% concerned prior to the game. I'm probably about 80% concerned about this football team. Obviously, Lane Johnson might be coming back, but Evan, I mean, we're seeing some issues here. Early in the season, we thought we were banged up in the in the offseason. We just started. And my biggest, my last point here, what is going on with the Wentz privilege, guys, here? When, when is it okay to, like, do you, you have to preface when you criticize Carson Wentz? No quarterback here is above criticism. We know who Carson is. We love Carson Wentz. He had one of his worst football games ever. And for us to sit here and think that that's okay and that kind of performance is okay, there's no, the season's over. 
But it's a, a matter of like looking to Carson Wentz in his fifth year, knowing that this guy is going to take us to a Super Bowl. It's it's called accountability. And I would I would want Evan to hold me accountable if I'm making mistakes. I want him to tell me that, yo, you need to work on this and I will take it, take it to heart. But there's there should be no, you know, you don't think twice if you I mean you're criticizing our quarterback because you know he can be better. And if he has told you he can be better and he knows that, then you should know better as Eagle fans to let it rip when you got to let it rip. Because if you make $100 million, you make $100 million for a reason. And Carson Wentz is the reason for the season, and we need to get off on the right foot. Evan Hollywood Hearn. Gail, I am hurting, dog. I'm hurting. There's no other way to explain it. If you came to our podcast, if you downloaded today, thank you. But I got to tell you, if you came here to be coddled and feel warm and fuzzy inside, it's not going to happen. This is week one, and I'm already just like my head is spinning. I feel like the range of our expectations has shifted so dramatically after what we saw on Sunday and after what we saw in the second half, because the first half was the Eagles we were expecting to see up until the Wentz pick right before halftime. And honestly, I was flying high, man. I was flying high going into the halftime. I was thinking that this game was going to be a wrap. And even though I said on this show a couple shows ago, I know you can verify this, Gail. I said, we are a Lane Johnson injury away from being F-U-C-T. Fucked, Gail. Or fucked if if uh, if Lane Johnson is not in that game. And uh, granted, Jack Driscoll he looked okay filling in for Lane, but Jordan Mailata he looked like a guy that has never played a football game before. Surprise, motherfucker! He hasn't. This offensive line was atrocious, but Wentz's play to me was even more atrocious. The way that he just the wheels completely fell off. After he threw that first pick, he looked uneasy. There was one stat that is really just sticking with me after this game, and that it, it just refers to Carson Wentz's career fumbling problem. He's played 57 career games. He has 50 fumbles in those 57 career games. There's no way that I can justify that. There's no way I can say that there's not a fumbling problem. And to go even further on that stat, I saw that he had 19 fumbles between the beginning of last season and right now. And I went and looked at last season. I was like, man, let's see how these fumbles were spread out throughout the season. He didn't fumble the first six weeks. So he has 19 fumbles in his last 12 games. Is that, is that not astonishing? Is that not repulsive? I don't understand the the Wentz privilege right now, man. I think Carson Wentz still is this team's quarterback. I think he's the quarterback of the future, but I think that, our expectations for him, for for me at least, they're shifting. Because we were discussing before the show, honestly, when we drafted Carson Wentz, number two overall, my expectations were through the roof. I really thought that we were getting a guy. Oh, where are you going, Evan? You know where I'm going. <laughs> I thought with that pick, we're going to get a guy who ultimately is going to be a top quarterback in this league, a top three quarterback, potentially. He showed MVP potential in 2017. I can't put him in the class of Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, or Russell Wilson right now. Can you? The way no. he plays, can you Can you put him in the top three? Who, do, who does he dethrone? Is he top five? I don't know. Doesn't play like it. There's, like too much, there's a lot of inconsistency in Carson's game, and the Wentz privilege in this, in this fan base is we're not allowed to talk about it. We want to blame it on everything else except for the glaring issue. 50 fumbles in 57 games. The stat is what the stat is. He's got a problem. He's got some butterfingers. And we just got to call it what it is, man. Yeah, and there's part of part of me that's like deep down inside. You're like, man, this, this guy has, has improved leaps and bounds as a leader off the field. And he's kind of built – the trust back in the locker room and he, he's done some work and you, you you've seen that for sure. But when it comes to doing work on the football field, like if you've heard me 
millions of times on this podcast, I've said you, you never go broke taking a profit. And there's opportunities underneath to cash in. You've looked at Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz going for that those deep shots when there's there's plays to be had. But if you're going to go for those deep shots, Carson, make sure you hit the rookie in stride. Because as you talk about the quarterbacks, you talk about the elite, talented quarterbacks in this league, I feel like Carson Wentz is almost there. And I, I'm feeling like this year is the year to break out. Obviously, we've had some line issues. You, you, you lose Brandon Brooks. You don't have your starting right tackle and Lane Johnson. There are some questions. But you showed damn well that you can put 17 up. Now, start thinking about all the other questions that I have going on. You know, were those the scripted plays? Were, was he having issues after the scripted plays were over? Did Doug Peterson's game plan get figured out? Did Ronald Darby, you know, tip off some information about what they're seeing to the rest of the guys? There, there was opportunities where you expect him to make certain throws because that's what elite quarterbacks do and how we feel about him entering that arena. You expect him to make those throws. We know he has the sailor, like the McNabb has the, the worm burner. So we we know that there's a, a distinct thing he's doing in whether it be training camp from his rookie year till now, the sailor happens. He sailed a couple of the, the one to Deshaun Jackson. At the end of the day, we're not going to sit here and make excuses. And Wentz isn't going to make excuses. He, the the body language he showed, he knew he messed up. And um, I think, I think Doug Peterson, he knew he messed up as well. And it's one of, one of the worst losses for the group. I think one of the worst losses for, Doug Peterson. There's a lot of everyone in Eagles uh, nation was really waiting to see this game and excited about what we thought we were about to see. And it's just unacceptable for you to 27 unanswered points being shut. Come on now being shut out in the second half. We talked about their first quarter struggles numerous times on this podcast. It was great to see them come out and put points on the board on the first two drives. Being up 17-0 and then throwing an interception. And that's that's the thing that is most concerning to me, Evan, is like they put Washington in the driver's seat to score points. Yeah, and Doug Peterson is to blame here as well. You look at him going for it on fourth down. They're on their own side of the field. It's You're still up 17-14, to 14, and you are very aware that your offensive line has been getting absolutely worked all day. Like I said, it was 17-14. Remember how that game played out? We scored 17, and then they scored 27 unanswered points. So they were already starting to march back. And you're going to take that opportunity, the way that the Eagles are, are were downtrending in that game, to go for it on fourth down while you have the lead in your own zone? What, uh, that That is just such a head-scratcher to me. I can't wrap my head around it. Like Some people like the aggressiveness of Doug, and some people – question it at times uh and we wouldn't have the philly special if we didn't he wasn't aggressive is that uh, not a way different situation we're down on the it, goal line now. yeah i mean it it is I, I just think that you know i for one i think you have to play smarter i think times in that game if if he punts twice we might not be in this situation like yeah. they might not have scored if you just got to the opportunity to punt they wouldn't have had great field position but Moving forward, I think Doug's going to have to look at himself and figure this, figure some things out. You know, who else is going to have to figure some things out is this offensive line if they don't get some of their pieces back to the mix. Obviously, we were excited, sort of, because Jason Peters was going to play left tackle for us, but he looked pretty uh, slow and old. He didn't look he didn't look fresh. I mean, he again, he's an older player in the league going against younger talent. Um, and it and it showed, uh, you know, they gave up eight sacks, fourteen QB hits on Carson Wentz. I think there's one point in the game Carson Wentz was on his back. I was I, I was probably thinking that he was thinking something like, "Wow, how did I get here?" But are you concerned about uh, this offensive line moving into next week? And who are they who who are they going to try and block, Evan? Uh, hmm. I, I think his name goes by Aaron Donald fucking beast up the middle. <laughs> dude, dude was absolutely just a train 
uh, running through the offensive line of the, of the Cowboys. Just he, he was in their backfield all game long. I honestly, I'm very concerned about that. Uh, he is one of when we talk about when we use the word elite. He is truly one of the elite D tackles in the league. So him going up against this shoddy interior line, bro. Are you are you, are you calling Jason Kelsey shoddy? <laughs> I'm 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 calling the pieces around him, Mark. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting. I I really feel like uh, they have their hands full. I think even when you talk about our running backs, whether you pick up the right blitzes, you know, looking at hopefully Lane, they say Lane's going. Yeah. That's the rumor. Oh, and that's what Derek Gunn had reported. You see, like, just go take the eye candy and Boston Scott get mixed up on the blitzes. But that's to be expected. Obviously, like if if you're gonna be pro Wentz here and you you gotta have to like coddle him and you have to feel like yeah, of course when you when your road dogs aren't there in front of you, you're gonna start questioning how long do I have, how much time do I have. That could be in the back of your head. Should we uh, should we play the clip of the Wentz privilege right now? Just <laughs> just describing exactly what we're laying out here. Go ahead. Wenz, I love you, dude. I think you're one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay? This is the second sack. You got knocked out of the playoff game doing this very thing. Play action, screen, it's not there. Throw it right at his feet. Just throw it at his feet, man. You got knocked out of the playoff game doing this. I think you're amazing. Don't do this. Learn. Learn. That ball, in the ground right there. And if I'm Doug... I'm telling him next time do, you do this, I got to take you off the field. I need you to show me that you understand this play is dead. That play is dead. Throw it at his feet, and I will call another play on third down. I, I think Dan had to. Uh, he got you know, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, like he he had to like retain his like eagle fan card with like the eagle fans who get upset over these things yeah but we, we he wasn't wrong we... on what he said though that, no, that play it... was eerily similar to the clown yeah. play that took him out of the playoffs and the one thing we're not going to do here we're, we're, we're never gonna, we're going to always shoot you straight like i'm not like i'm not here to like they, they might call us like eagle fan fan centric podcast but we're not going to lie to you about like some stuff that we eerily see like we've been watching this for years i've been talking about this for years like you can even go back you know, look at the, the sat seattle game when the announcers were talking with doug peterson in, in their meetings and they said they have to constantly remind Wentz to show him where to go with the football at, at times like obviously we know where he he knows where to go with the football but they have to remind him there's times where wendell small went in the flats just waiting and he's just didn't throw like there's times where he he gets he likes to eye bang his receivers and, and go to certain situations but i'm not gonna dump on wednesday like we were obj we're gonna sit here <laughs> and, and give him credit to for those first couple drives like he commanded the offense obviously that's why i feel like eagle fans started at a high and went to a low because we saw him command the offense you saw him, him in that first quarter man he was sharp he was yeah. sharp as hell that whole offense was firing on all cylinders spread the ball Boston Scott in the flats, uh, Dallas Goddard cross pattern. Yeah, uh, Dallas Goddard had a good game. Came back to Deshaun Jackson, and then you hit Goddard for another short pass. You hit Zach Ertz in the back of the end zone for a touch, and you're like, you know, that's what I like to see. And then mm -hmm. you, they're working this, the two tight end sets again, and then come back and score later on. What a beautiful pass from uh, Wentz to Goddard, and you're like, wow, this is great. This is lovely, you know, but – if we're going to, while we're on the subject of tight ends, it's very interesting to hear that there's been some beef between Howie Roseman and Zach Ertz, of all people. Zach Ertz, I don't know you know, how he did that because we weren't there, but it, to the point that it's being reported, to the point that Zach Ertz makes a comment about the feeling the way he's feeling about the contract situation, Right before the game, what is going on in the with the organization in the back room here? Because Zach Hurts is not a player who does what he does, or do, yeah. that does what he did 
this That's week. That's out of character. It's out of character. Exactly. Yeah. So him fighting with Howie Roseman in front of people is out of character. Zach Ertz dropping a ball when the game is on the line is out of character. He might not hit the sticks, but he'll catch the ball. But mm-hmm. him dropping the ball is a sign to me that mentally he's he's concentrating on something else, whether it's getting paid, whether it's trying to do too much to make a point. Like if you've ever played football and been forced to like your positions on the line, like players do force themselves, you know, you yell at your coach. I want the ball. Like, why aren't you throwing me the ball? And you're frustrated. Then you go out there and try to make something happen. And then the, you drop the ball because it's a focus drop. That, that kind of stuff does happen. And seeing Doug Peterson call him out and kind of like. It's, it's alarming too, because like, you know just how uh, Eagles fans are like a, a big boulder of snow right at the top of a mountain that's just about to roll down and just collect. Dude, they, they just go zero to 100. I'm seeing shit out there. Eagles fans already suggesting something about trade Ertz. Like, <laughs> like, like first of all, let, let me be the first to say that, I'm Gail, I'm not sure if you remember, but I, I had been on that train before. I I was on the, on the trade, Zach uh train before i'm not there now right now that's that's not my concern i i love the two tight end sets i love how he fits in this offense when he plays the way that we expect was it, him to was, play. That, was that was that pre-super was this after the super bowl you were on the trade one it was trade, it was uh, a, over a year ago it was it was probably two years ago um yeah, I, I was on that train, and I was also on the trade Nick Foles train because I said after the Super Bowl, he's never going to have higher value than after that game, especially after he won the MVP. Was I right? Yes. <laughs> Beside the point, I'm not there now is the point that I'm, I'm getting at. I'm, uh, people are, are throwing out bullshit all, all across that saying Zach Martin for uh, Zach Ertz straight up. I who's doing that no no, no, no. Ne- neither side is doing mike, that. mike tannenbaum's doing that and that's the bullshit you like yo that dude was a gm a real gm a real yep. gm mm-hmm. i don't know man dude, I, I, what's alarming to me is that players that are supposed to be the leaders in this locker room players that are supposed to be the guys that the younger guys look up to on this team are not performing as role models right now and I I'm concerned about what we have for the, what we're going to be seeing for the rest of the year. Do I think the Eagles can turn it around? Yeah. Am I concerned that they won't? I'm thinking about it. How can I not? I mean, you just have to believe that they can get into a space where they can mentally come together as a team. Like dude, it's the, the Washington football team. Yeah. Like at what point, at, at what team are, are we going to show off? That, that we can perform to the level we're expected to perform to if we can't do it against a team with no fucking name. <laughs> Hollywood off the top row. Me compared to myself after the game, I was heated. I've, I've been heated for a minute because you're disappointed and you're frustrated and you saw the game slip out of their hands and you, you just like, y'all are better than this. Mm-hmm. You're shooting yourself in the foot and you're not even – you have no rhyme or reason to what you guys are doing out there. This, we, we talked about it pregame about having the quick strike attack, knowing that this defensive line was coming. We talked about the one thing that the, the Washington football team does best is their D-line. They're too deep. They're, we t- I talked about Ryan Kerrigan becoming – dude, everybody was coming. Can know? we address that for a second too? Like Washington is as bad as they are. They got an elite D line, man. They're dirty. I mean, when you have Ryan Kerrigan coming, coming to like, dude has owned the Eagles. He's just, he's a phenomenal football player. And Chase Young showed his, showed his way. Montez as a, Sweat. As his yep. rookie. And, and Chase Young was talking smack to the Eagles football players. I mean, he, he, he made his presence known. Um, but again, like, I don't know what it is, man. Like last week, I ended up watching the um, Super Bowl parade, and I looked at a lot of the. Uh, not not to go back to the, not not to be the. the I got to go back to the Super Bowl guy to make myself feel better. But I was just looking at the the body language and the demeanor of the players and the the hungriness, 
hungry dogs run faster. He didn't say it for a reason because you could, you didn't have to say it. You could see it in the body language. Now, has there been a shift in the body language of like, you know, you know, you know, when you get full and you're not as hungry and you're like, you don't, you, you, things are easy. They come easy to you because you've had an easy life. After you won the Super Bowl, has the Philadelphia Eagles, have they reverted to this uh, country uh, club lifestyle of like, you know, feeling themselves in a, in a mix of injuries and feeling themselves in like not having a, a plan in place? Is it all coming to its head at this moment? Maybe. But until this team is fully 100% healthy, I can't sit here and say this is what the squad because they're dealing with some issues. Thinking about health-wise as we mm-hmm. go into uh, talking about some of these wide receivers. Deshaun Jackson missed a couple plays yeah. here and there. Um, and, he, and, and he was sure to mention the fact that he, he's claiming he wasn't injured. You know, he had 37 snaps on the day, 54% of snaps. Jalen Rager had 40 snaps on the day, 59% of snaps. Greg Ward, 30 snaps, uh, 44% of uh, plays there. Arthago Whiteside, 28 snaps, 41%. John Hightower, 27 snaps, 40% of plays. But Deshaun Jackson talked about getting popcorn ready. He made uh, a couple of nice catches, but it's like when you, you're talking about load management, when did we become the Sixers and when did MB become a wide receiver for this? Because, like, if you're healthy, you're healthy. I don't like, and some people are like, you know, we, we got to keep him, we got to keep him fresh. Like, bro, like, they're football That's, players. Yeah. Like if you can give it, if you're hundred percent healthy and you're good, good to go, what we're load management, we're trying to win football games. Do you think there's something they're not telling us? Do you think there is an injury involved? I, I, I don't know anything. Like I don't trust a word that they say about any injury because how can you? Right? Yeah. So in terms of Jalen Rager, a guy who I've been trying to tell y'all for a long time now uh-huh. what Jalen Rager was in we told you pregame about the double move on Ronald Darby. What did we surprise, motherfucker? <laughs> a double move on Ronald Darby by a man, Jalen Rager. Uh, he showed great um, ball awareness over the shoulder. Uh, he, Good ball he, tracking. Yep. It, it could have been, a, if you're being nitpicky, he could have, if he, it was on the money money, he wouldn't have stopped. He would have. Would you know, and then um, but it was a nice job catching the football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing he did drop the first punt, um, something that was being reported about Rager dropping a couple punts in practice to kind of made its way to the football field. They took him out, put in Ward after, but then they put him back later. But I, I feel like for the first game of his his career, he he showed out and uh, showed why he's first uh draft pick for the Eagles. That was one positive thing to look at from this game for sure. Jalen Rager, to me, he had that one catch, but he the explosiveness was there. You could see that if you are able to get get him the ball, if Wentz is able to have some protection so Rager can get downfield, the dude can win on most cornerbacks in the league. He can outrun a lot of these guys. His, his speed is blazing. I mean, the punt drop... It could have could have just been you know first game nerves. I'm not trying to give him any excuses or anything like that. I mean they took that, him out. Is, is that regular privilege? Are you giving him regular? Privilege? I'm not, I'm not giving him any regular privilege. You got to be better than that, man. But it's one thing I think you had a and you were joking obviously, but an analogy uh, like <laughs> you said about Carson Wentz. You're like, man, if you have a kid, and this this kid's <laughs> going to the bathroom. He's one years old. It's to be expected. He's a baby. This is year five, man. We've been trying to teach this kid how to sit on the toilet and shit properly for fucking five years. If he if he comes in in your bedroom, five years old with a doo doo diaper, you you got to have a conversation. Like, yo, I thought we were past this. Hey, like Jalen Rager, he's a, he's a guy. He's out there in his first day. Let him have the diaper on. Wentz, bro, you got to hey, put the huggies away, bro. Hey, Bucko, I know you're five, but you just crapped your pants. It's embarrassing. <laughs> You've embarrassed the whole. <laughs> you've embarrassed the whole family. You know, let's like at the end of the day, jokes and memes are the only things that get me through that L. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at some point in this week, 
as Eagle fans, you have to come together and you have to like own up to the fact that they caught that L. They were at the right place at the wrong time and they caught that L. And, um, you know, to quote our rookie Jalen Rager, he says, if we're going to let one game define us, then what are we here for? And that, to me, put out a tweet um, saying that is like, you know, he's already thinking like a veteran. And I, th- I think together as a group, this whole team has to come together like some professionals and like a team that's ready to like win a football game. But if you if yeah, you give credit to Washington for what they did, uh, obviously their offense was explosive. Defense, de- defensively, they were sound, man. Eight sacks. They had pressure on Carson Wentz all game. And, you know, give credit to their, their freaking head coach, man, going through dealing with cancer. He had an IV in the in the in the at halftime. At halftime, talk about like you, better halftime your, adjustments while getting an IV for for cancer, man. You're looking at your head coach with IV, who's going through having cancer treatments, and you're you're just a guy, one of his players, and all you have to do is go out there and perform for him, run through a wall for him. So I mean, it, like rivalry aside, that's a hat tip, and I think players can draw strength from that in those type of situations. Now, do our players draw some strength from this type of situation? Are they questioning certain things in, about the organization, seeing Zach Ertz arguing with freaking Howie Roseman? Like, what is that? Like, yeah. what is going on with the injury bug? Do they know if the team's going to be healthy? You got to rally around the family with a pocket full of shells, if anyone knows that lyric, but yeah. this is the moment where you rally around your your family, which is Carson Wentz. Was it what 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 I mean? Rally around your family means. Were you, were you just quoting Rage Against the Machine? I, I was. Gail Saunders. I'm, I I go all well, well cultured, bro. Well, well cultured. cultured, bro. Rally around the family. Whether that means Max protect, if that's what you got to do, if you got to bring tackle eligible or another tight end who can help block or a running back who can chip correctly. Yeah, you know, you start thinking about those little things. Like, do you have to send all the wide receivers out, or you can you max protect and, and get guys open and protect better? Yeah, and and you like it like you said, Jalen Rager double move his speed. You should be able to get a guy open if he has a little bit more protection. And uh, looking forward to this game on Sunday, Gail. What are your thoughts, man? You know, you you watched the the Rams take on the Cowboys and. You know, they, they battled. At the end of the day, you're like, okay, they just took down our biggest rivals. And, uh, you know, they have <laughs> this guy named Aaron Donald that um, – actually, Aaron Donald is one of my favorite players. I, I don't know if you've listened to me over the years. I've talked about Aaron Donald and just – got to respect greatness, and that's what he does. And I've always talked about interior pressure. Interior pressure is everything to me because I feel like – that's what sets the tone. You see what he was terrorizing. He was dude. He ter- threw Zeke Elliott like a rag doll. He was dude terrorizing those guys. Whether it was what he pushed, what was he pushed back Zach Martin as well. But you, you think about what he brings to the table. I mean, he's just constant pressure in your face all day long. What are you gonna do? He had seven QB uh, hurries and two QB hits. And came up with a sack as well. But they have one of the premier cornerbacks in the league, Jalen Ramsey. You know, he's going to prevent some some issues. Like, you can't get deep on Jalen Ramsey. But overall, you, you think about the quarterback play of Dwayne Haskins versus uh, Jared Goff. I mean, you, you thought Haskins had a bad performance. But if Jared Goff can have a halfway decent performance and they run the ball well, you know, wh- what are we looking at? But – I said prior prior to the, uh, I think during the live stream that we had, shout out to all the people that came to the Eagles kickoff live. Seven and a half hours. The, inau- the, the inaugural Eagles kickoff live show for Fourth and John. The offense is is an issue, man. Like if if your defense is hanging on, and you're not producing any points, and you're putting your defense in in opportune situations. Yeah, that's what our offense did all day. Like that's why exactly Washington- what they did. 
Washington's offense is is trash, man. Like if I if I'm keeping it a hundred, there's there's nothing really explosive on that offense. Antonio Gibson looked all right, but he's he's still got a lot of developing to do. Scary Terry is their really their only wide receiving threat. He was held in check for the most part. They reasoned that Washington was able to put up 27 points on us unanswered is because our offense kept turning the ball over and putting them in great field position. That's mm-hmm. that's why they were able to score. All comes down to our offensive turnovers. Exactly. And, and that, that's where we lost the game. I, I don't think you can point to really anything else other than Doug's coaching than, than our, our offensive turnovers being the killer. And I, I thought Darius Slay was – he made his presence known earlier yeah. on. I felt like, uh, you know, the defense overall played fairly decent. You know, they didn't. Josh crush. Sweat showed up, bro. Yeah, my surprise guy, if y'all been listening. But I think they played, what, 50, snap, 50 snaps out of 70? They played in man. Mm-hmm. So they, they got to do some different things that they didn't do in the past. I think, again, like I, I always – like last year, what the issue was the offensive offensive unit hanging this defense out to dry, and you're seeing it again early. And that's the those are the one those are the things that keep me up at night. Seeing things that we saw in the past rear their ugly head again, and you're wondering why they're not fixed. And it's starting with the leader. Um, and you talked about protecting the football. If I was Peterson, I'd have Wentz holding the football, walking around overcare, take the ball everywhere you go. Yeah. And I, have, I mean, we're really down to that too. But it's it's imperative. With a grown man, you're five. We're, we're down to yo. That ball doesn't leave your. hand. I don't want to see you without a football in your hands, man. We say that jokingly, but there comes a point in time where those kind of situations are losing football games for you. You look at Seattle last year. When how many times we have to fumble the ball when we're still in the game, and you're literally no pun intended, fun, fumbling games away. And it's – he could have thrown three picks on the day. But someone went off sides. I mean, there's just – I don't know, man. Like, I I feel like if this is the pile-on Wentz uh, podcast for this season, we all believe that he can get better. We expect greatness. And it's not like a – it's not like a Philadelphia Eagle fan thing. Like we're elite. We expect greatness. So we, we expect more from Carson Wentz. Yeah. And honestly, man, I'm just looking at, I personally, after all the things we said in this podcast, I'm still confident about this game versus the LA Rams, even though I'm looking at uh, some betting stats that Mm -hmm. are just completely alarming to me. The Eagles at on nine 14, that was yesterday. 10:24 a.m. They opened as two and a half point favorites versus the Rams. Just four hours later, that dropped to minus one. So they already lost a point and a half. And then you take it to today, it went all the way up to uh, the LA Rams being favored by a point and a half. Dude, that's that's a four point swing right there. And to me, uh, as far as like I, I've I've been betting. Um, football for many years to me this guy with the gambling addiction over here i wouldn't i've 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 tapered back a little (laughs) bit but i still understand what the lines mean and what that line means to me is everybody's betting on la right now so the the population is riding with la in this game and i i think the eagles can still pull it off i don't Um, i don't i i think with lane coming back it's going to be a different offensive line. I think the Eagles tend to overperform when we expect less of them. So, yeah, I mean, you think about you think about their situations like last year. You, you lose to you know you lose to a rinky dink squad, and then you come back and beat Green Bay in Green Bay. You know what I mean? Like, yep. You think about uh, you know, do they bring another level to their game being at home? You know that whole home field advantage like thing would be so key and you know a, a team from LA traveling over the country to come play to to a rabid fan base if they're being real if they're the, if if the NFL audio squad is being real they should raise up the Eagles fan base decibel just if you're going to be real 
the, the decibel levels have to be extremely high. I think it's going to be a weird dynamic for the whole Eagles lifestyle outside of the stadium because the tailgating scene is going to be obsolete. What are they going to do? Like, are they are they chaining the the parking lots up? What are they doing? Like, I have no idea. I'm busy preparing for Eagles kickoff live, brother. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we we might have trucks out there being socially distant. Just checking out the scene on Sunday. We'd love to uh, have you guys again come join us for kick Eagles kickoff live. We had people in from we had Willie in from australia we had someone in from cutter. Qatar. Qatar. Yep. is it cutter or qatar i don't I know thought it, i thought it was cutter but go ahead could be cutter i don't know we're not that uh well traveled uh germany. germany is it germany or is it germany as a german i can assure you it's germany <laughs> <laughs> who else we have people from all, all over the country as well california checking in florida London. shout yep. out to the rabbit hole shout out to aaron and and those guys out there uh soup nation those guys are those guys are great. Those guys are like partying up, and they're in San Diego, dude. They were, and it was so funny because they were uh, they were given a tour of the bar, and he's like, there there was these little like rinky dink little plastic you know separators. And he's like, I don't know what these are for, but, you know. <laughs> board, board of Health said we had to have them up. It was like they were ready. Uh, they were partying though, man. They had a good time. Hopefully, they all stay healthy. Yeah the the the, boo- the booths were Rona proofed. And I think if al- you have enough alcohol flowing, that's, that's not, no virus is going to be able to survive. And if you're any bar across the, if you're any Eagles bar across the country, and you want to uh, be a part of the show, reach out to us, and we'll get you on. Yeah, because uh, this whole Eagles kickoff live is a a uh, culmination of like the pandemic, us trying to be socially distant. I have, uh, you know, my dad is, you know, he's high risk being at his age in his eighties. It's like, you know, you have to think about your family first. So, uh, you know, we, we do the best we can in these situations. We started with the NFL draft and we're now following with kind of, it's like a, it's kind of, it's like a virtual pregame show with a tailgate vibe. So we're checking in with people, Mm -hmm. what they're doing at their houses. Yeah. And Um, thank you to Michael K, John Barchard for jumping on as well. Yeah. I mean, it was good to hear, uh, from Michael K, some inside scoop on what he was seeing in, in the locker rooms or seeing it on training camp. JB, JB doing a lot of stuff off the field. Mm-hmm. He's doing stuff with water boys. Water boys, yep. Yep. Um, but it's good to see him back in the mix. Also had uh, Prince Blue as well. Yep. Shout out to Bree. Bree stopped by. Breezy. And a lot of the fourth and drone riders. Shout out to uh, the Fantasy Nuggets from soko and sam and a lot of jimmy jimmy stopped by uh but a lot of our, our writers stopped by chris malley but it was it was just a good good time just like to get together and um just kind of like get used to this new state of eagles football for this year mm-hmm. hopefully just for this year it's fun though man it's fun it's a it's a good way to get ready for the kickoff we're all chilling it's almost like we're we're, we're in the stands when that when the game's going on we're just sitting there the boys watching the game I just need the uh, if they had some kind of like pork roll scent that you could like spray. <laughs> so it's like a, if there was such really thing get as, the atmosphere there. If there was such a thing as a cologne that was pork roll, I would buy it. <laughs> I would I would buy that. Like what? Oh, what are you wearing? It's pork roll. It's pork roll for men. <laughs> pork roll, <laughs> pork roll for men. That's right. You love that. No, I, I missed the pork. I had pork roll from. Wow, it didn't beat uh, E's uh, brother's pork roll at the tailgate. Yeah, for sure. But you got to do what you can in these times. Man. So, I, hey, we. I, I'm expecting a prediction from the game. Like, I didn't get a score prediction. From me? Yeah, you you sound hesitant. You're like almost like, I'll let you go first, so I don't <laughs> be the one to, like, <laughs> I won't I, be the one to shit on the Eagles vibe. I think, uh, well, I, I came out uh, with the Washington game. I predicted the that the Washington football team uh, scores first. I said they go up seven, and then we score thirty-one unanswered points. That was my prediction. I was a little uh, backwards on that one. We were feeling ourselves though. We when were, they when it's seventeen, I was looking at you. I was like, "Yep, we're in, we're we're going to drop 30. Yep. For this game, 
I'm not calling so much of a uh, so much of a blowout. I think the Eagles win, but it's a close one. I think it's a 21 to 17 win, and the Eagles take the lead late. 21 17, huh? Uh, you know, I, I feel like Doug has done pretty well against uh, Sean McVay. I think he's his scheme matches up pretty well. I feel like defensively, they should be they should be able to. You know, it's not Todd Gurley in his prime back there. Not Todd got Todd Gurley at all. It's Cam I mean, Akers. They, yeah. I mean, they they, they and uh, what was it, Malcolm Brown? Mm-hmm. Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns on the day. You know. They have Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Robert Woods, sound sound re- receiving core, Van Jefferson as well. But it's like, I don't know. Like uh, I'm, I'm really. You're I'm predicting wait. it now. I can feel it, bro. I can feel I, it in your vibes. I, I'm I'm kind because of, I have to wait. Like it's kind of like a wait and see. Because if they don't have certain, if they don't have certain players, it's so. So Evan, let's hear your prediction. But Gail, I have to wait. Well, I was trying so, to say, what it is. I, I was setting you up. To, <laughs> And then I sweep the leg. This fucking guy. <laughs> I sweep the leg. No, I, I feel like if they don't have Lane Johnson back, it's an L. Fair. So I feel like I, I just don't feel like if they if they can't protect the edges and can't keep Wentz safe, I think it's gonna it's gonna be tough. Bro, what's the vibe of this show next week if we're zero and two? What's the vibe? What's the vibe? I mean, I'm gonna start overeating. I- Eating, Dude, eating junk food and getting my full fofo. Dude, honestly, thank you for that because that brings me up every time. <laughs> and once again, we are not sponsored by Wendy's, but uh, junk food is usually the, the the food of choice when I'm feeling depressed. I've been Here. known in the city. I would buy McDonald's late night at 11.30, 12 o'clock. When you're feeling bummed? Spending $23 on Uber Eats. You're like, <laughs> you're like yeah, I mean, I'm going to do it because I, I want to. <laughs> and then it gets there and it's cold. I don't want to be. I don't. I don't want to be in that place. I want to be in a place of eating healthy, feeling loved, being with family, uh, just taking in an Eagles W with my friends virtually on Eagles Kickoff Live. <laughs> I, I want to know how much Wendy's you're gonna end up eating if the eat. I don't even want to say it, dude. Eagles go down 0-2. Carson plays like how he played in this game. You already know what the conversation's gonna be, bro. I mean, there's, already, gonna, there's there's people are going to be saying it. They're going to be saying the JH, man. JH. Mr. Second round pick. I'm not saying we're going to be saying it. I'm saying it's going to be a conversation that's being had among the fan base. What's the JH? Jalen Hurts, bruh. Oh, I th- come on, man. Dude, uh, how how much does this fan base oh, oh, overreact? Not, no, how much does this fan base yeah, overreact? Oh, they do. Um, okay, so so I'm not saying us. I'm saying there's yeah, going to yeah, be right, people right. in the fan base that are right. saying that. I, yeah, I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, and then to the the, the timeline police out there, like Eagle fans are overreacting. I'm like, you lo- you lose to like you lose to Washington, the opening game of the season. Like, how? What did you do? What did you not think? You didn't think I, even me like level headed is having issues with that catching that L and being like, like when did mediocrity be, be like this is it's okay to accept L's like, no, it's not when like, and they were like, it's don't worry. It's just a preseason. I'm like, no, there is no preseason preseason. It's yeah. a, this is, this is a fucking real game. All right, so don't, and, and, don't come to me with this. Like, Oh, it's just, I get, I get the whole, like I get they're warming up their whole, but I don't want to hear that. I want to hear like, take it seriously. You don't take L's and be like, oh, well, that's how you end up fighting for your life in week 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, l- let's break it down this way. You you look at how, how much play does the first team get in the preseason? In the first game, they usually get one drive. Second game, they usually get a half. Uh, they usually get a quarter. Third game, they usually get a half. 
And then the fourth game, they don't play. So in total, it's just under a full game between those four games is what the first team ends up playing. Guess what? The first team just played four quarters. So any excuses going into week two about, oh, well, this is their preseason. That's gone. Pre- the preseason excuse was was this week. I don't accept it. But if the people that are willing to accept it in this fan base, that that's not an excuse next week. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ever accept the idea of being a basic bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that for my football team. I know how good they can be. I know when they're healthy, how good they can be. Like, there's no idea of being basic. Evan, any, any, any last words? Enough with the Wentz privilege. (laughs) (laughs) I've had enough of it. Hey, man. We're holding everybody on this team accountable from Doug Peterson to Carson Wentz all the way down the roster. All the way to Howie Roseman. All the way to Howie Roseman. Um, For for everyone out there on socials, hit us up on uh, Instagram. Follow us at 4th and John on Twitter. And then follow us on Facebook. Shout out to, uh, you know, our, our boy Jimmy, man. Like, we've been trying to push out content. And, you know, the last over the last month, 1.3 million people reached. So we're, you know, trying to push out content. Um, and, and connect with, no, I mean, I'm just saying we're trying to connect nah. with Eagle fans. And we want you guys to be a part of all, a lot of the, what we're doing. That's what Fourth and John is about, trying to get people together. And any, any Eagle fans, any way we can. And uh, just really supporting our Eagles team, even though we're going through some rough times at the moment. We're, we're, we're here for them, right? We're always here, bro. Eagles, Eagles players come and go. Fourth and John's always here. Yeah. Uh, Eagle fans, we will see you guys in the next one. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.